You are listening to the Consciously Curious Podcast, where we dissect those that are thriving in their field in order to lay down the steps for others to follow. I'm your host, Victor Chan. This show is for those that don't know what they want to do in life or are simply just curious. If you know someone that would be perfect for the show or have a passion you want me to explore, please send it my way. In this episode, Maddie Guy and I welcome Todd Mayan to the show. He joins us to share his journey within the BMX world and what it's like being a Nitro Circus athlete. We talk a lot about mindset through performing a trick, as well as through the struggles of recovering from an injury. We were lucky enough to witness some of the stunts that the Nitro athletes were cooking up, and I can't count the number of times Maddie and I had our jaws drop during the show. So great to see Todd in his element. Please enjoy our conversation with Todd Mayan. Well, guys, welcome to the show, and and we caught you on your Nitro tour. Yes. Right? Yes. So, for those that don't know, and I had to do some research myself, like, can you explain what Nitro Circus is? Okay, the easiest way explained is Nitro Circus uh, is about 20 of the top athletes in the world progressing action sports and doing things that haven't been done before, and we put it into a two-hour live show. But then when we're not touring, we, uh, we're just pretty much building ridiculous sized ramps and, um, yeah, just doing things that no one's, uh, have done or thought were possible. Just like pushing, pushing the limit. hundred percent pushing the limits 24 seven. And how, how long have you been doing this for? Uh, Nitro Circus, about eight years riding a bike, uh, I guess as at this level, uh, 15 and I'm 27 now, so 12 years. Oh no way! Yeah, no way. I, you know, I, I remember when Dave Mira did the double backflip for the first time, and everyone like, "What? You just did a double backflip!" And then like, you just pulled that off like, like in a YouTube video, and like, that's crazy how far like the 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 limit has been like pushed recently. Yeah, um, we have these our landings now. They're a lot safer than what they used to be. Okay. And um, recently, Nitro, we built this ramp that's, uh, I believe it's about 12 feet tall. And um, it's literally to the point now where if you would have asked me um, a couple of years ago about the tricks that I'm doing uh, that I'll do today at the show, I would have said no way. Um, But believe it or not, the bigger the ramps get, it's almost like the safer it is. Because you have more time in the air to kind of see what's going on. And... um, the landings are bigger, so if you crash, you've got a lot more <laughs> room to land. And uh, yeah, I know that doesn't make sense to people, but it's actually a lot safer. And and when you're surrounded by the best of the best, you can't do anything but progress. Okay. And even when you're not really feeling like going super hard on a certain day, right, right. someone always has that energy that they're going hard and you're like, oh... All right, I'll get involved. And then it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just a snowball effect. And the practices, I swear, get crazier than the show sometimes. That the tricks, the tricks in the show that, um, that are thrown down in, in the segment that we have, you know, we're doing that in practice when no one's around. So it literally is everyone that's there is doing what they love and would do it if there were 20,000 people there, five people, or no one but ourselves. Right. Well, you got to, 
train for your life. So real life kind of is like training. hundred percent. Right. Right. So can you take us back to baby Todd or like teenage Todd? Okay. And, and what was it like? Um, I know I'm sure you started riding for fun. Were you involved in any other sports? Did you skate? Did you, what, like what got you into BMX and how, how, I guess we can dive into like parents and stuff like that yep. later on. Yeah. Um, I, I did a lot of sports growing up. I swam, uh, mm. like swimming. Uh, and then I got into soccer. Um, I went to a school that was very into sports. So mm. like, um, this is maybe where a bit of discipline came in now, but when school would finish at three o'clock, we'd have to get on a bus and go to these playing fields and plays. Um, we'd have to pick a sport, a summer sport and a winter sport. Mm. And we would have to do that till 5 PM. Mm. And then on the weekends, you'd have to wake up at 8 AM to then go play one of the other schools. And, um, but my dad would always write me notes to get out of it because I would go ride my bike. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right. And that's, so I, I, I loved soccer and then I, I skated for like maybe a year. Well, I tried to skate. Okay. I wasn't very good at skating. Okay. Maddie's kind of a skater. Yeah. So. I, I wish I could skate. <laughs> I'm a cruiser. Let's okay. be like, I'm not like a trick girl. Okay. Like I just go straight S's, you know. Well, you're better than me on a skateboard then. I just can't. There's something about it. I don't know. I wish I could. Um, but then I let, I stopped playing soccer and then got into BMX and, um, I was just riding around the block one day with my dad and I saw the skate park and I asked, I was like, dad, can I do a jump? Try. And I did a jump and I thought I went like 20 feet in the air. I probably, (laughs) you know, went an inch and literally from that one jump, that's where it all started. Yeah. I fell in love from it. You posted a picture about that. Yeah, yeah. My dad's my dad's been sending me a lot of photos lately. That's awesome. It's been pretty cool. That. He must be digging. He must where, be bored that I'm not home. Where Where are you from? Where's home? Uh, Perth, Western Australia. So okay. Perth is the most isolated city in the world. Mm. Um, it's far from everything. So you had to find something to do. So yeah, <laughs> and then but it was it's still a big city. Okay. Um, it's one of the five major cities in Australia, but um, it was that far from everything that I was. I had to go somewhere if I wanted to pursue this. Yeah. So it was either move to the East Coast of Australia or just move straight to America. Uh, and being away from home is being away from home. If an hour on a plane or 12 hours is, gotcha. is just as far. You can't go home to see your friends and family. So that's where the whole America thing came on. And I, my first trip was 15. But then I went there for uh, six to eight months when I was 16. And that's kind of when I started living wow yeah so you had the goal of of trying to make it big it's really weird because thinking back to it, i never really had like i never really was like i want to make a living off this and mm. make money and ride my bike it was like i just saw the guys on tv and i just wanted to be like the guys on tv mm. i never really was like i never thought about it as doing it as a job i was just like i want to be like the guys on tv no matter what yeah no matter what like how cool yeah, would it be to have like yeah. a Red Bull hat or like ride for Rockstar or ride for a big, like big company. That'd be so cool. Like never thought about it on the money side of things. Okay. Okay. And how are your parents? Like what, what kind of like values did they instill in you? Like back then looking back, like how open-minded were they? Were they like, Todd, you can do this for fun or, but like, we really want you to go back to school. Uh, okay. So before I talk about this, cause a lot of yeah. people, uh, is Americans, it's normal to leave school before the end of year 12. Oh, it's okay. a normal thing. Like you tell people in America and they're like, what? Like 
you're screwed for the rest of your life. You're not going to be able to get a job. It's not like that in Australia. Okay. It's normal. So if you know you're not going to university and you, it's very popular to get an apprenticeship, like an electrician, uh, plumbing, carpenter, like we carpentry. We need more of that. Cool. Yeah, so we need more of that that's here. That's huge in Australia. So, a, And that's what a lot of people do. Like That's what most of my friends do back home. Oh. And so it's like, well, it's almost... Better like back then uh, when I was, in, it was almost smarter to leave school at the end of year ten and get a head start because you got to do three years of an apprenticeship and then fourth year you have a full trade. Right. So when kids you know are going into uni and stuff, then someone could have a full trade. So I loved school. I yeah. went to a all boys private school, socks to the knees, the whole. <laughs> I prop- did that. Yeah, well, girl school. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, it was it was it was strict, um, and uh, I wa- I met someone at a contest one time. His name was Colin McKay, who was a pro that I looked up to. Only saw him on TV. Met him at this contest. It was it, like he took me under his wing, and I was blown away. And he was an Australian, but he mm-hmm. lived in North Carolina, and he was like, "Yeah, man, you should come come stay with me." Oh, okay. Um, and where he was living, it was like. Um, everyone called it Pro Town. So that's where it was the biggest BMX scene anywhere. Yeah, there's you got some videos up there. Yeah, and like the, the top every there was probably twenty, thirty pros living there, and there were two private warehouses. One was Dave Mirrors, who is an icon icon of the sport, and then Ryan Nyquist. Yeah. And there were the two best places to ride in the world. So everyone migrated to this little town called Greenville, North Carolina. And anyway, he was like, you should come stay with me. And my mum passed away when I was 13. So when the opportunity came up, my dad was just like, mate, life short. Screw it. Go for it. I'll oh, support you. Yeah. So that's where the whole thing came with leaving school. But I loved school. I liked it. I tried to do well in it. I was that geek in the library at lunchtime doing my homework so then I could go right after school. For sure. Um but yeah, it wasn't. I didn't plan on leaving school. I had full intentions to stay, but then this came up and I grabbed it and went went a hundred percent in on it. Holy shit! So if if you were to have a backup plan, what kind of like trade or profession would you have pursued? I I wanted to go to university. I love animals and loved them a lot more back then than what I do now, obviously, because I ride a BMX full time and that's takes up a lot of my mind but um i wanted to be a zoologist Ooh. yeah Ooh, so that's okay. uh that's what i wanted you to too do. and that's what yeah that's what i was <laughs> yeah i wanted to be an animal behaviorist in a zoo cool yeah it, it's just i found it super interesting like how cool would it be to study animals and see the way they live and that i i love that so that's what i wanted to do i might not have been smart enough to do it but that's what i was going for and i was studying those subjects um that's what I'd planned for 11 and 12, but okay, I left. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the day-to-day of like touring and things like that. Okay. So how's, how's the tour been so far? Uh, this tour in particular? Yeah, it's, or and d- it's global, right? In, in general. It, this, to, this tour in general. Like, okay. Yeah, this tour has been good. Um, I tore my MC, uh, grade 2 MCL in February. It just got better before this tour. I wrote the first show. I was an idiot and went wakeboarding the next day and reheard it. So it's... <laughs> It's, I've had a bit of an injury, which sucks because you, you know, you can't play as much as what you want, but it's been, this one's been good. It's always good when nothing too serious happens. Yeah. 
and you can uh, ride. But um, in general, it's the most amazing thing just to be surrounded by um, other athletes that have the same mindset. And a lot, of, most of the guys on tour were the guys that I was looking at when I was 12 years old in front of the TV. Mm. So to be around these guys that I was watching on TV, um, it just makes you just want to be as good as you can be all the time. Right, right, on your A-game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with those um, injuries or setbacks, how long were you out for and, like, how did you overcome, like, the the itch to get back out there? The worst thing about injuries and the first thing that goes through my mind when I know something's broken is what am I going to miss out on? Mm. And that's why I get upset. I don't, I'm not like, oh, this sucks, this hurts, like, of, of course, but the main thing I think about is what am I going to miss out on while everyone's out having fun and I'm going to be on the couch. Yeah. Um, so obviously when I get injured, I take it, I almost try and take a positive approach to it. And just like riding, I'm like, all right, how can I be the best at this and do this the best way? So I take my diet very seriously and I still go to the gym regardless of what's broken. Cause if you've got a broken leg you can do your arm stuff, if you've got arm stuff, then you can do leg stuff, get on the treadmill, whatever. Right, so right, I can right. still go to the gym every day. I, I love going to the gym. It's just something that I love. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Um, but yeah, I just take, um, I just read up on how I can get this injury better. You know, if it's right, right. joint or if it's arm, I just ask Google <laughs> and Google tells me a lot of good stuff. Oh, to, the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that keeps me saying, so like, breakfast lunch and dinner i'm always thinking about what i can cook so it takes up thing like things to do i just find things to do right that right can help me recover quicker yeah and that, that kind of just gives me something else to pursue and um do the best i can in for sure for sure yeah i mean so maddie like you in was it college or high school like you did did some rowing yeah college right high school high school yeah and uh i think you mentioned an, an injury as well yeah so what kind of injury and like how did you over overcome that? It was weird. It wasn't really like an injury. I had a pilonidal cyst growing on my spine that mm. like went like I had like symptoms of like slip discs, all this stuff for like three years. Mm. And then until it like hit its peak, that's when it was like finally discovered. But it ended up in me having two back surgeries. So I had to drop. I was like a super competitive rower, like rode at youth, like the youth national championships and had to drop it. And, like, drop it through college. And for me, it was, like, losing a huge social dynamic and, like, also having to, like, rebuild confidence of an identity. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, because, like, that's who you were. And, like, when you when that's taken away from you, it's like, well, what are you then? Yeah. So it's a little, like, kind of self inner work, like, self-discovery yep. work of, like, no, I'm still Todd. You know, yep. I'm still Maddie. It's, it's all yeah. good. I would be curious, though, like, how do you rebuild the confidence to get back in it after you've hurt yourself so badly? Uh to be honest i've never i've just never had a problem with that i don't know i think um my first major injury i was 16 um i snapped my tib tibia fibia oh, shit. um and broke my ankle um and i was out for a while but i think i was just missing out on so much at the time and i was so upset that i was sitting on a couch that as soon as i got on my bike i was just I just didn't even think. I just didn't even think about that injury as a, as a setback. In turn, like it didn't scare me. It was maybe a little bit the first time after the big injury. I was a little bit hesitant, but I was never 
thinking like I was scared to do it again. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah. But you both were so young. I was going to say maybe because you were so young into it, you didn't like have the next 20, 20 years of your life like painted like this is my career. And when it's taken away, what am I going to do? I think you just started out and because the injury was so early on, it's like that that wasn't maybe such a big part of your identity at the time. Still a lot of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I it was sixteen, so I was in the states, and I was like three weeks into this trip, <laughs> and I was staying here for six months, and I I should have gone home, but I was just like, oh yeah, it's injury. It's only going to take six to eight weeks, but it was a really really bad injury. Okay. I got. I think I've got a eight hole rod, um, so eight screws and then two pins in the ankle. So it took um, a long time, and this is when I didn't know much about fitness and health mm. and recovery and i was in america eating mac and cheese and Velveeta <laughs> and hot dogs because I, I didn't know any better I, yeah. and i i literally um when i went home after the form my dad was like man you're getting a bit chubby <laughs> um and that's when i learned all about um fitness and health but it never really um set me back with the mindset of like i'm scared of doing this again it was more i'm scared to do this again Again, because I don't want to miss out for this amount of time. Yeah, exactly. I identify with that. I'd mm-hmm. be curious because, like, you were so far away from home. And me, like, even I just injured myself last year and had to go to my parents for, like, their help with just, like, basic stuff. Like, how did you build a support system being so young and so far away? Mm. Um, I didn't – It's same – like, now I'm thinking about it, I've never really thought about it. I, I was stuck in this house for, like, two, three months by myself because it was summertime and my friend at the time had gone that I was staying with went away somewhere to ride so I I maybe it was because I was just stoked that like no parents like <laughs> yeah. just by myself doing whatever I wanted but I mean I didn't have a car I wasn't driving but I had a few people that would pick me up and take me out but I didn't I don't know I just didn't know really any better at the time I guess hmm. like on how it was meant to be or what it, what it was, I just, all I was thinking is I just want to ride. I just want to ride. So I just had, I was just thinking positive, thinking six weeks, I'm going to get back on my bike and this is all going to be perfect. But it wasn't. Yeah. And um, just, it was a long time to get back on the bike, which as you said, almost like your identity, identity is right. taken away. But I was at such a young age that I just didn't know any better, I right. guess. Yeah, that's probably it. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we're lucky then for like where like what for whatever happens at like whatever time. For sure, and I think being younger and just only not knowing any better and experiencing so much, and not being we were talking before about being locked into an environment mm-hmm. and not trying other things and not knowing any any better. I think I just didn't really have that yet to where I. I never thought about those things so deeply to where when I got to a certain age and I understood it, I realized why I am the way I am with things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Damn. Um, when coming up with, you know, experimenting with a new trick, can you like walk me through like, what's your process? Do you like try to visualize it to like the deepest, like, core because sometimes some of these tricks like you can't see what you're doing while you're doing it that's the funny thing you bring this up i had a thing last (laughs) week and i started asking people i'm like 
do you see this when you're doing this trick? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I look up. I'm like, I don't. Because <laughs> someone said to me, like, um, I'm doing this new trick at the moment. Uh, it's a double backflip 360 no-hander. And someone's like, oh, man, you must not see anything while you're doing that. I'm like, dude, I don't see it much when I do anything. I'm like, do you look when you do this? So I, I'm very mental and I just, it's a, most of it's in my head. So even when I'm doing like a 1080, which is where you do three full rotations, it's all feel. Like I could pretty much do it with my eyes closed, I feel like, because to me it's, it's all like mental. Yeah. So what I've learned that that's the way I am, that when I think about things too much, it messes me up. Paralyzes mm-hmm. you almost. So what I've been doing recently is I'll watch a trick over and over again. Mm. I'll go over it in my head but then 20 minutes later when it comes time to do this scary trick i block it out and just take three deep breaths and just calm myself and i don't think about the trick at all and i i know what i'm doing like what trick i'm going to do but then when i go down the ramp it's like it just all comes to me Mm. and i just know what to do and i have noticed if i think about something too much then i mess it up so okay. that's where just live in the moment. Yeah. And then that just goes to with every kind of aspect of life. Like I've just, if you just kind of just let go, surrender, and just be in the moment. You know, upon doing research for this, um, my new favorite phrase is send it. Send it. I've, never, <laughs> I've never. And that, that ha- that's like cross-cultural too. Like in yeah. rock climbing, in, in rowing as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah send it like i'm like that's freaking dope yeah uh yeah that's that's a lot of nitro too as i said we do a lot of like and it just helps to have like people around you just like rooting for you yeah and that that's the best thing about nitro everyone's best friends it's not a competition you know we're all there doing what we love the crowd loves it when you crash so it's not like (laughs) oh i don't want to screw up it's like well they're gonna be happy either way no way for real yeah the Crowd lo- people love seeing other people get hurt. Maybe if, like if they were, exp- like, I wouldn't. When I if when we go, it's like I'm, that's not what I'm there for. I say I'm that. There, I'm, I'm there. To, like, I'm there you to have medical training, so you're like, no, you <laughs> know, action sports. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean it like people. You, Maybe so if you're watching Jackass and other people get punching other people, but no, people. We had this one bit in the show. It's the contraption section. Mm. So, um. Excuse me. Um, and we put wheels on things that shouldn't be jumped. So there's a, a lazy boy couch. Um, there's a little toy car. There's a, a body board with wheels on it. It's, it's great. You'll, you'll come into the show yeah, today, yeah, so yeah. you guys yeah. will see it. <laughs> but it's where the most carnage happens, and there's a lot of crashing, and that's mo- a lot of people's favorite bit of the show. Okay. Section. Okay, okay. Um, are you ever scared? doing any of this stuff always always and i and then oh. people always ask me that and i feel like i say to them i'm like if i wasn't then i'm obviously not stepping stepping Ooh. up enough and i'm obviously you know i feel like something something would be wrong if i wasn't nervous before i was dropping in to do a trick oh okay i like that are it's there like healthy nervousness yeah, yeah yeah are there any people that are like just stone cold any like nitro athletes that are just like stoic about it in in what kind of like not scared? Um, I mean, I think the older we get, um, mm. it changes a little bit. But so it's pretty much been the same crew, tight group of people, 
um, for the last, you know, eight years. Okay. Um, but, I mean, every, there's a couple... Uh, most people still, like, every day is, is, are still trying something new, mm. crashing, falling off, and, I mean... Same is the same thing. Just like if you're not crashing and you're not falling off, then you're obviously not trying hard, hard yeah, enough. That's amazing, and um, that's what nitro is all about. And when I get scared of doing something, I just think I'm like, this dude just just did this, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, come on, man, like st- step it up and just just do it. And a lot of the times, it's nice to have a big fall and crash hard because you know if. Most of the, as long as nothing's broken, you get up straight away. Right, the adrenaline. Right. So it's like when you had that big crash, you're like, "It is okay to fall off, and I mm-hmm. can crash hard and get straight back up." And yeah. just, it builds your confidence, knowing that you can crash hard yeah, and get back up. It's it's that's such a good perspective. But have you seen people that get paralyzed after that fall and be like, "Wow, I I don't know if I can do it." Then <sighs> yeah. So I saw a couple of bad, like two really bad things, in about a six six month period. Um, when I was, I think I was 20 and one was, um, my friend Brett and he had a really bad crash that changed his life. And then six months later, um, at a nitro show, um, one of my really good friends, Bruce Cook, Mm. uh, he crashed and, um, was paralyzed and crazy thing. There's a, he's actually a part of the show again and he's, they, we, he straps himself on, he, his bike has like a cage, this thing to where he can strap himself in and he backflips still, like he flips his motorbike still. Oh. It's absolutely unreal. Um, but seeing those crashes, it, it does play with you a little bit and it's obviously something that you never wish upon anyone or never want to see, but sometimes it, it, it definitely puts things into perspective and does make you uh, be a little bit a smarter little, yeah, at certain yeah, times. Yeah. And now that I'm older, I do think, whoa, like I shouldn't have sent that trick that time because it wasn't ready. Because there's there's certain tricks you do and you know you can get close and it's like, yeah. But then sometimes looking back, it's like, I definitely should have take, took longer to do that or I shouldn't have done But I mean, okay. young and I don't regret any of that because it yeah. obviously um, made me who I am and where I am. Um, I definitely had a lot of bad crashes. Okay. A lot of broken bones. Um, I had a good run there for a while where, you know, I was safe. But then, um, yeah, I've definitely been one of the guys that's had a a fair few. Because there's some guys that have, you know, knock on wood, nothing. And, you know, like, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys that haven't had anything wrong, uh, seriously. And they're, you know, they're the they're the top and they're always doing something new every other day. And, you know, wow. but then as I said, I looking back, I definitely, you know, maybe should have taken a little bit more time on things, mm-hmm. especially with letting injuries heal. Yeah. I'm known for getting back on the bike way too early. Okay. Okay. Um, and this might be easier said than done, but you said that you've, you know, upon doing right before you do the trick, you, you let it go. You yep. let go of like any fear, like or of any preconceived notions of how it might go and things like that, or how to do it. It's easier said than done. So, like, what routines or like things you have you done in your life to like get you to that point of being able to let go? Well, I always this is my thing. I always tell people is it's like 
and I know that you both know this, but it's, it's just like you go to the gym, you do something, you build a muscle, right? Mm. And it's like, it's the same thing with the brain, but people, because they don't see anything physically, they don't think about it like this. But I see it as like with a mindset, if you want to think or do something a certain way, then you've got to keep doing it over and over again so that muscle builds. Mm. So, I mean, of it's hard at times to block things out, but when you do it a certain amount of times, then your brain just does it without thinking. Mm. And that's how you create new thought patterns and do different things is just by constantly uh, being aware of what you're thinking and what you want to think. Yeah. So same deal growing up when you're younger, I was, I was lucky enough to where I didn't think Right. Now that I am older and I start, if a certain thought comes in that I don't want to think about, well, then I instantly change it and start thinking about the positive side of things because mm. I feel like humans always like to point out the negative things. Like there's there's a hundred good things, but then you'll say something like, oh, how was your day? Yeah, freaking spill my coffee. You know, but <laughs> not like it's a great day outside. You had a good day. You hung out with your friends. But like people just will talk about the negative thing. Yeah. So... I just try to be super self-aware and just try, like, think about what I'm thinking all the time. Right, right. Does that, did, I mean, did that relate to you? Like, did you ever get caught in your head while rowing? Yeah, but, like, I was going to ask you, for us, like, starting so young like you did, I had coaches and mentors who made it a point to help coach me to learn those skills and, like, encourage me to read about how to, like, change mindset and compartmentalize and do all these things so is that something that you studied to learn how to do or did you come upon it naturally and like figure it out from um self-learning it came upon naturally at the start but then i started like i don't know why it started or why i bought this book one time i was 19 like first time i ever read a book like i never read books in school (laughs) i didn't like reading because they give you things that you don't, don't want to read. Want to read. Exactly. So people say it's the same thing. Like no one likes, a lot of people don't like books because at school you read things that you don't want to read. So you just like, ah, oh, I don't like reading. What it is, is just, you're not reading things you, you want to read. But I, the mindset came upon naturally. But then when I started reading and learning about how humans work and how the brain works, then that made me understand why I was a certain way and where I was in life. So then I was like, well, if this is where I am because of this, then I'll just keep thinking this way and keep doing these things and just apply it to other aspects of my life. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I think people, some people just like, like sulking and being negative and like maybe creating drama. I mean, I do it. Like we all do it. And pity, like self pity almost. Yeah. And it's like, it turns into a pattern, I think. Okay. But there's so much like, I mean, there's so much research out there if you read it of people who like really awesome scientists who study these thought patterns and how you can literally change like energy around you and like alter the universe like it sounds so weird but there's documented like scientific studies about this like law of attraction or like even deeper than that um so there's this really good book that my buddy connor gave me and i'm blanking on it but i'll find it in my house and send it to you guys but it's entire book of how just you changing your thought can change like everyone around you in situations and bring things to you that you want for yourself. It's so cool. And I think like a lot of young athletes learn that naturally through participating in sport 
and that's something that carries on through your entire life and that's why I just love sports and if I ever have kids like that's what I want them to learn yeah. from it's like I don't care if you're good at the game but you just learn so much how to adapt yeah. and think it's like mindset even for outside of sports I wish this like I wish this stuff was taught to kids right in school you know, be, yeah and then same deal like a, like we get it as adults but you have to make yourself do it so it's like I always tell people when they're trying to find their passion or whatever they want to call it I'm like well when you're young your parents put you in school and make you play soccer and make you play hockey or go swimming but as an adult, and th- and so you find all these things you love, right? Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, you have to do that yourself. So right. if you don't put yourself, like, put if you are curious about, oh, I wonder what it's like to take photos and get good at, just do it. But if you were younger, your parents would put you in that and be right, like, do that, right, right. do this. So as an adult, you just have to have that mindset of putting yourself and trying new things. But just as an adult, people stop learning things once they leave school. Maybe they're making you know, excuses for themselves or maybe maybe they just, like we talked about this prior, but like just feel trapped with having other issues like that they got to do, like having dependence like, or whatnot. So like they might have to keep a full-time job, even if they don't love that full-time job just to make ends meet. But then again, it's like on your free time, you got to like take it upon yourself to go explore and experiment and, and find out these things that could potentially be your passion. It's It's hard. Like, as I said, I learned a lot when I was younger. Um, naturally, and then I read about it now, so I understand. For example, but I didn't just ride a bike and get a bunch of sponsors and make money to travel the world. Um, my dad funded my first trip, mm-hmm. but then so our summer's different to here. So our like everything's backwards in Australia. So right, like, right. Summer here, it's winter there. So when I would um, go home uh, from America uh, around October, November, I would work a full time job. And save, like I was living at my dad's house, of course, because I was young, but I would work this six days a week, a job, save every penny, spend like $50 a week because, right, you know, right. dad was buying the food and stuff. I was lucky for that. But And then at the end of March, I would grab all the money, budget out what contests I could fly to on my own dollar, mm-hmm. how much hotels, how long I can live over there for. And then I'd go over and spend all that money and then try and make finals and make a bit of cash to fund myself and and then I would come back and then that money that I'm that little bit of money I made so the first year if I made like two grand like then I put that away but then I'd go back to this job and only work for four months ah. and then I would go back spend every penny got on these contests try and then I started making finals and making a little bit of money that's amazing and then I would go back and I did that for four years I would go back save the money and then now that I'm older and you read about you know, pursuing something and make making, you know, your dreams reality and all that stuff. I was like, well, was, you know, I sacrifice everything and I work this job, save every penny. So then I could go to this contest and this contest on my own dollar. Mm-hmm. So now as an adult, I'm like, well, that's how you make dreams come true is oh hard goodness. work and, you know, only focusing on that one thing. And all I wanted to do was ride my bike. So I'd go work, save all the money, ride my bike. So that's awesome. I mean, at that age, and we talked about this again earlier, but like, it's easy to get caught up in the flashy materialistic things at that age, especially. Yeah. Um, but all, like, like you said earlier, like all you wanted to do is just ride your bike. Yeah. Right. So for, how do you not get caught? Like in that, in that mindset of like the trap of like, you get all this, this two grand check and it's like, Oh, I guess I got some cash, like cash that I've never probably never seen before. 
I'm going to um, go travel. I'm well, that go... two grand that I made was probably over like, you know, four months too, like 400 bucks <laughs> so here, you knew, 300 you, bucks you here. So you poured time and sweat and energy into it. Yeah, I just, it. I'd never thought like any time I made any, like if, if I got a hundred dollar check for writing like a, a little show or something, I'd, I'd instantly just be like, cool, this is for next year. <laughs> like I just always thought about, I don't know, I never thought about buying anything else. I just thought about putting a hundred percent of my money yeah. into saving for like, travel. Just put it back into yourself. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how I always thought. And I'd never had anything wrong with it. I never missed out on anything. I never didn't do what I wanted to do, I guess, because I just wanted to ride. So the skate park's free. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Um, so for someone trying to, to get into the scene, how do they go about it? How do they get that exposure? Um, so it, I guess it's a lot different now than what it used to be because of the whole social media. So mm. do you want to hear it from my turns from back then or now or both? I let's, guess let's do, let's start with how you did it. Um, exactly how I did it is these contests I was going to. I didn't really have a place to be there. Like now that I'm looking back, I was like, whoa, like that's crazy. I was around all these guys that were the best. Yeah. But the reason I was there is not because a sponsor sent me, you know, it was because I saved my money and I flew there yeah. and I was at this contest. So just be around, like do what you have to do to be, be around the people that love to do what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, without the expectation of being noticed, though, right? Because that'll set you up for failure. Hundred percent, and same deal. As a kid, I didn't, Just gotta have fun. didn't know what I was doing, right? And I was very shy. I'm. I have my moments still, but I was very shy back then. Okay. I didn't talk. Where, like, were I, you? I were you starstruck? Um. Well. Yeah, I guess I was just around all these guys that I was watching on TV since I was like ten years old. And then I was around him, so I was super nervous. And one of my really good friends now um, that helped me out a lot growing up, gave me a place to stay, Daniel Durs. Um, still now, he always, you know, will, will always uh, make a bit of fun of me and was being like, dude, you were just... He, he thought I was rude and arrogant and thought I was a snob. Oh. You know, but I was just quiet. I was just, I was scared to be around these people. I was like, I was just in awe. I couldn't believe it, you oh. know? And then same deal... I wasn't at their level, but this is the people that I'm around all the time. Yeah. So my, I expected myself to be like them and as good as what they were. And the only, like who I wanted to be was them. I didn't, I never looked, there was no guys in the middle because I was hanging around the top 20 guys in the right. world. Right. So I was just like, that's what I got to do. You know, there was no middle to where you'd be like, oh, this guy's, you know, this guy's good and goes to these contests. It's okay, you know, not to make finals. I was just like, I have to make finals. You know, like, I want to be in the final. I want to be on the podium. Right, right. So right. Um, that's where it comes with surrounding yourself with the best and do what you have to do to be around like-minded people because then that's what you hold yourself to is huh. these other people and then you can see why they are why they are and how they work and you're lucky enough that you can ask some questions and how do you, what do you think about before you drop in for a contest run some people every everyone's different you know some people yeah. visualize their runs a lot some people don't some people just drop in but um yeah just surround yourself with like-minded people and just focus on that one thing that you want the most huh yeah yeah i love that 
it's nice that you had a dad that supported Very you lucky. going. Like, I love my parents for driving me to different states to compete and, like, be with my people, even though they didn't understand yeah. it. I think it's just, like, so important to find community, especially at a young age. Like, I'd be curious to know, like, did all this structure that you implemented in your own life help you live, like, more um, – I guess what I'm getting at is, like, since I was so deep into some things younger, like, I lived, like, a very, like, clean, structured life. Like, very, like, low-key. Like, I didn't party much. Like, you know, like, so I'd be curious because you were around older people with fame at an early age. Like, how did you navigate all of that? Or did the community keep you pretty straight? Um, Well, this goes back to where I'm lucky that I didn't do it the hard way, you know, by working the job and going because I loved it at the time. I was spending all this money that I saved and worked my ass off for. Wait, like I'd wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning to go to this job. What was the job? Um, I was just packing, uh, picking and packing fruit and veg vegetables. Oh, dope. Okay. Know, uh, working in this big <laughs> nice. warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Packing orders. But then I would be finished at 10 a.m. I'd go straight to the gym, have a nap from 12.30 to 2 p.m., wake up and then ride to right you know, 7 p.m. Right so it was perfect. Um but the from working the job and getting that money, I wasn't there to party. Like I, I had come all the way from Australia. You know, I've worked hard to save all this money. Mm. Buying a couple of you know, if you buy beers, it adds up pretty quick. So that's a couple hundred dollars over, you know, a couple weekends. So then it's like well, I could use that couple hundred dollars for an extra flight. Mm. You know, so that's how I think about anything with money. If I'm spending it on something that like a materialistic thing, I'm like, well, I could use this to better myself in this area of my life. And that's where the discipline has come into where now I'm like, oh, I could go and buy this. This is cool. But then I'm like, or I could save it and then use this money to fly there and spend a week here and ride with this person. Mm. You know, so I just always put it, I guess, investing in yourself instead of buying something that's cool and going to impress someone. You know, I, I'm trying to write the best story for my life. Right, right, right. Um, like, I mean, to to add to that, how did you not get, and being around older people, like, get caught up in, in the party culture and, like, oh, let's just get bottle service or whatever and, like, just go all out. It doesn't have to be materialistic things, but getting caught up in, like, the party scene. Um, or is there a party scene, you know, after, the, like, after, like, a Nitro show? It's oh, like, do you well, guys go out now, and hang Now it's out different. And, okay. Now it's a little bit different. I'm, tw- you know, 20 se- 27. Right, so, of, right. co- of course, I go out. Yeah. No, uh, just, like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I love <laughs> to. Sure. Like, it's different. It's 100% it's different now to what it used to be, for sure. Um, You know, we, we always, um like, everyone loves to have fun. Right. You know, right. so, it's all, and it's good to, you know, have fun and reset and go again. Right. Um. But as I said, staying away from it when I was younger was just so I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't, I was at a contest. I wanted to be in bed by 9 p.m. so I could wake up fresh in the morning. Right, right. And ride. I just, maybe some kids these days um, are a little like more fortunate and they might not have to have like saved all that money. So then they might fall into that trap of like 100% spending everything. 100%. And that like I had to work very hard for it. And I'm not like, and so did everyone else. 
But my thing is, as I said, I worked my ass off, saved a job, right. didn't spend any money, and then came to America and spent everything I had on flights or going to this contest and that contest and gone back and doing the same thing. So why would I spend yeah. money on things that wasn't going to help me at the time? Didn't matter, so I yeah. didn't... Like going out to me, it's a $40 taxi here and then... You know, if you buy a couple of drinks in Australia, it's super expensive. Right. Like, you know, so to go out, it's like $300 in a, in a weekend. So sure. why, why, like, that's so much money, you know? Yeah, like, but a lot of people don't look at it that way. Like, you have very good impulse control. Right. Everything adds up really quick. Like, with money, you know, like $5 here, $10 here. And I, I'm lucky enough that when I was younger... And ten thousand, like ten thousand dollars, is a lot of money. But in the schemes of, like in general, it's not. So to me, when I was younger, ten thousand dollars to last a whole year, like you, mm. like making ten thousand dollars last for a whole year. <laughs> but when I was younger, that's so much money. So yeah. I was like, oh, twenty dollars, oh, thirty dollars, cool. That like, because it's you're thinking about ten grand to live for a year. Right. When right. you're an adult, you know, you, you have bills, rent, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that has just stuck with me that I still think, ooh, $10 there or $15 there. And that's where I'm lucky enough now that I understand um, why I have that mindset. Mm-hmm. And then I just am fortunate enough that I've kept it and I've just done it for so long and the discipline that it's yeah. just stuck. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Um, so now, current state, how do, how do cur- uh, the, the kids on the scene like get in, get their foot foot in the door? Um, now everything's social media. I think that's with everything is just posting things and hoping the right person sees it. So, um, my nitro circus story in how I got my phone call, I had a couple of friends in there at the time and I posted a trick. This is my, my, um, answer to how to, how to get you through the door. Um, I was trying a trick, um, Excuse me. Um, I was trying a trick. It was a 1440, which is four rotations. I was the only one trying it. Uh, I still think R. Willie, another Nitro guy, he's done it now. Um, I was trying a trick and I posted the trick on YouTube crashing. And Nitro Circus were all about progressing action sports and doing things that have never been done before. Um, Someone, I guess someone had gotten injured, so they needed someone to fill a position and... Someone had saw my clip of the 1440 crashing. It was this crappy clip on like not even an iPhone that I posted. And they're like, hey, can you come and try this trick? Yeah. So because they saw this video. So my thing, I guess, is don't don't worry about too much about, you know, the quality of what you put. If you're just posting what you love and what you like to do, then that should be enough, you know. And if you're... Uh, was just people care too much about what they're posting mm. and the right angle and the way it looks. If it's you know a little not the perfect landing or it goes to selfies, it's, it's content, you know, that and it's yeah. like oh, the lighting's not good or my hair's yeah. this way. It's like just those, post those a freaking the freaking photo because yeah. most people aren't even looking at you know the biggest critic is you know yourself yourself. yourself. Yeah. So people aren't even probably noticing these things that you're looking at when you're posting this video. So mm. just don't worry about as much. Just post, just post it. You know, yeah. if you're worried about posting something like, Oh, this person might say this or like that person's probably the, 
won't even cross their mind, you know? So just post it. A lot of people think about all these things that could be wrong or what other people are thinking, but no one, one, no one's probably thinking about it. And two, who cares? Yeah. Like, aren't you yeah, trying yeah. to like, like live your life and make your dreams come true? So why would you not do something that could, you know, jeopardize where you want to be in the future? Yeah. I have um, a question. Yeah, go ahead. Going back to what you're saying about like breaking in using social media and posting, do you think there's a dark side of that, of people pushing themselves too early to do things for the sake of posting the whole like do it for the vine mentality? Do you mean like doing a trick too early to just post it? Or yeah, like just... doing it too early or just trying to like advance too quickly to get noticed or to prove something? Uh, no, because I like there's five-year-old girls that have Instagram and five-year-old guys that have Instagram. Like, little kids have Instagram. Really? Oh. Little kids have Instagram. Like, you know, that are like... It's just crazy what you see on social media, like, how young these boys and girls have Instagram. And so, I don't I don't think... I just think that's the way the world is, you know, like... Accepted it. People... As I said, people make Instagrams for their dogs, and people people have. Yeah, I, I knew that because we were talking. About, I was like, it's like his baby book, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, people like have kids and then make an Instagram for their account for their kid now because they know the the power of social media, Dude, you know. But like, and they're yeah. already like monetizing it. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I mean, it, it's a lot of same same deal with you interviewing people and stuff, and it's the truth at the end of the day. Is I mean, it's not the same as someone has one follower. Like it's the truth. It is the dead set truth. Both we all know it. You know, it's people. It's crazy. People treat you different with the followers these days. It's like, oh, that dude has hmm. two million followers, and people are like, wow, really? That I want to be it's his so, friend. That's it, so. That's the way. So it's, it's, you're almost more of a celebrity than real celebrities. Um. Yeah. I mean, like some some names from social media are more recognizable than. Like actors and actresses, hundred percent for sure. Like we, you know that that whole influence thing, and people, you know, like paying th- people to post products, and we'll get this guy to come to our show. So then, you know, we have him up. Like it's just the way social media is these days. How? So I work at Twitter. I will yep. disclose that. And <laughs> we have a lot of conversations internally about like the follower metrics, the like metrics. Are they incentivizing people to take the actions we want them to take on the platform? So we talk a lot about removing follower accounts, removing the counts of likes on a tweet because are we incentivizing people to just post content to get followers or just to get likes? Or are we incentivizing them mm. to contribute to a healthy public conversation? Likes. And it goes back to for sure. people want the ticker on their content for people to see, yeah. right? It's, it's likes. I'm sorry. Because I, same deal, like all the time, I have literally six-year-old kids that come, in, come up to me and they say, oh, you had this amount of followers. I only have 10. And I'm like, dude, you're like six years old. <laughs> yeah. But every kid does it. Like it's may I see it a lot more because I, I hang, I do a, I like writing with younger kids mm. and it's all they care about. It's, they talk about it like in a subject between amongst themselves. Like, but is that healthy? Like, that's what I'm saying is like, like, is there a dark side? Like, should people be obsessing over these nominal of numbers? Not. Yeah. Of course not. But that's just, I'm, I mean, 
it's just the way it is right now. So what, yeah. what was your it's, not hell, it's not good at all. Like, right. But, I mean, that's what it... I mean, I, if it wasn't for that and the likes and the followers... What's the point? It would be something else, though. It, yeah. You know, something yeah. else would take its place. Ooh, new social media platform? Well, no, before Please that. <laughs> before no. that, something else is going to take the place of these kids being like... Because it's being popular, it's being cool, it's having... You know, same deal. What we were talking about before, identity and being a being a part of being a part of something, and you know that that's where the ego comes in. And every kid wants to be cool. Every kid wants to be like most kids want to be cool and famous and be popular at a young age. And that's what shows if you're cool or not. There's actually something now that you know hypothetically shows that you're cool. Mm. You know, every kid tr- you know remove social media. And the likes say that wasn't around. Kids at school, every kid wants to be cool. Every kid wants to be liked. But now there's something that they can physically say and see that they have this many followers. That means I'm cool. And like, that's literally... And it's their peers saying that. Yeah. But that makes me sad. But you can't be surprised. No, I'm not surprised at all. So, I mean, what if they remove the follower count? What if you don't know who's watching your stuff? I don't look, and I try. I I don't. And you're look. just posting a post, and know? even when yeah. I'm not, if I'm hurt and I'm missing out on a tour, I don't. You're not. I like don't look at anybody's account. No, I don't at all. I go okay. in on. I post my thing, and my, post what I got to post, and I get out. I don't look at people's stories because I'm so lucky. I get to do so many things, but I I still get I stressed out when I see people having fun and doing things. Yeah, that's. I'm like, <laughs> I want to do that. I follow like 20 people on Instagram, yeah. and mm. I would say. 17 out of the 20 i don't know them personally and it's i did this cleanse like three years ago i think and it's completely changed my mindset on everything like i'm i've yeah i love it and that's the that's where it goes that's what kids need to be taught now you know things are always changing and there's always this needs to be taught about how the social media things work and yeah and as i said no no one's telling like we're talking about this now but a kid sat down and talked to about it, like, oh, this isn't cool, guys. Like, I don't think that is. Like, that's not happening in schools. Like, we're sitting here talking about it as adults. As adult, yeah. But we're not in front of a classroom explaining it to kids, you know? Kids should Maybe take should, media literacy classes. Okay. Because it's not just about ego and all that. It's about learning how to filter useful information, correct information, good sources, bad sources, like, you know, we see so much online, and I don't know if people are taught the tools how to discern fake news from legit information yeah, how, and make decisions. How, how scary is that? That most a lot of people get their news from social media, and most people do, and not even that, but like the same deal. Like the news, like the news. I don't know what your news stations are here, but uh, uh, what's a like Fox, Fox News? CNN. You know, like. They want to get ratings when, like, it's they, oh, so they're they a bit, they're a business, so they oh. want people to watch their show. So they're going to say anything they they really want to manipulate something to make people view something. Yeah. But then yeah. that's what's going out to the world. Yeah. So people are like that's true, but it's not. At the end of the day, this the news stations are a business, and they not like you're buying from them by watching their mm. by watching their station so they're going to say what they want to make you watch their station so they're putting out information that they want to put out and that's not necessarily that's not important a lot of the time and people believe it because 
that's the news, that's real. And it's the same thing I believe with marketing and like campaigns and people are trying to get you to buy this and that. They're telling you something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an agenda. You should buy this because right. they'll come up with, find these ways to be like, you should drink this because this does this, 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 this. And that's just like, a lot of a lot of the times it's not true, mm. and they're just they're telling people this, and they just see it on the TV or on billboards, and they're like, "That's true," and yeah. it's, so people don't go out and do you their know, own due diligence, d- think on their own terms. Yeah. They're just it's told to them, you know, by the radio or the news, and they're like, "That must be true." And that's the like most people don't have those media literacy skills. Do you think you learned all of this having been on the flip side of like maybe having? a story published about you that wasn't true or something that was misquoted mm. and inaccurately represented. Uh, I, I, I love listening to podcasts and reading and I, I just love my, the way I love learning new things, you know, like it's just, I feel like you're like a computer. If you don't update the software, then you crash, right? You get slower. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I like learning new things and understanding more things. Cause then, you know, it's just, you're always growing. Yeah, exactly. And for me, as long as I'm learning something and, and growing, then I'm happy. That's what makes me happy. Mm. Um, so that's why I think I, I know a lot about this stuff and it makes me more self-aware about things. So I think a lot more about things. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, what I just said before, that's what I've come to understand is people are just believing what they're told and same deal. I just, I'm sure there's a, most things, like a lot of things I talk about is because from somewhere down the line, I've seen it somewhere or a friend's told me something. You know, how many friends have you, do you have that be like, oh man, did you see this, this happen because this, this, and you're like, oh yeah. And then you're around a different group of friends and then you tell that story to someone else. And it's like, well, your friend, like, where did your friend get it from? Yeah. You know, and it's just just information. And so I think you have to go out and learn it yourself. Does that influence which brands you choose to work with? Do you ask these questions of these brands of what claims you're making? What do I want to align myself with? Um, I don't really have that. I think action sports is it's really to for how well big the world is. It's not. It's a pretty tight industry, mm-hmm. so it's it's a good industry, and everyone pretty much works close together, like sponsors and and um, with Nitro Circus. That's honestly that's all I that's what I love and I don't really compete too mm-hmm. much, much anymore at all. I love nitro. That's what I do. So, um, I don't necessarily, um, have that problem, but I mean, it's the same deal. If a lot of people, if they're offering you a paycheck, mm-hmm. people take it. And it's hard not to like, if someone's yeah. like, Hey, I'll pay you, you know, like this X amount of dollars to wear my shirt. How like, it's so hard to say no. Right. You know? Yeah. So, Interesting. Uh, so, um, what other avenues can you take as uh, for BMX? Like, how how um, is is Nitro like the epitome of it, or like how how relevant is like our X Games now? You know, yeah. So, like- not to to me, Nitro is like that's my life. I will do Nitro for as long as I can, and like to me, it's the top. Like to that per like when you're a ten year ten year old kid riding a bike. It's like you're at the skate park and you love it because all you're doing is riding your bike with your friends, trying new tricks, mm-hmm. progressing, and having a good time with your mates. I love contests because I'm a competitive person, but there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and you got to make top three. And then if you don't, then there's, 
you know, you've got to keep your sponsors happy and then oh. you might not make money because you've crashed and you've fallen off and if it's everyone's is that unbelievable right now at contest riding that if you put a foot down, it's almost like, oh, I like, you know, you, it's, it's devastating if you put your foot down because everyone's that good and that's what you have to do now to separate the top few guys. So for me, Nitro... I'm that 10-year-old kid again where there's no pressure. I'm riding my bike with my friends. It's not competitive. You only compete against yourself to do the best that you can. You want everyone around you, you know, to do the best they can. And, you know, you're not competing for a paycheck. You're there. You're doing what you're doing. What You're doing what you love. You have your best friends with you and you're progressing. So for me, I will ride until I can't. Mm. Like in general, but... As an athlete, it's as long as your body can really take it. So I'll ride nitro for as long as until until I can. It's, I love that. It's no, like everyone needs their own nitro. Right, it's the like best. The place it, where you can go to feel safe but it, push yourself. It is the best. It's like every like just hanging out with like think it like it's crazy. We all hang. You travel in the world with your best mates and you're doing what you love. And there's no pressure. It's like there's nothing. They don't. Else they're, they're not the like world. Todd. I need to see something special tonight. I need a. Be- I need a new trick. Well, no, office, because we're doing. We're doing. <laughs> we're doing it in practice. You know, okay, because like okay. that's that that never happens because obviously you have to be a certain kind of human to to get to be on nitro. Mm-hmm. So it's like it it do, it's not like you get there and you're like oh I'm chilling now. It's just like you, it's like a you're around every it's. It's crazy the progression okay. of like I said, what's like happening the, with when Nitro. The double backflip, like three happened. Like it's just crazy. Like a couple of years, a few years ago, you know, um, Jed Milder did a quadruple backflip, and like that. <laughs> I don't even know how to like. Yeah, that's not <laughs> and that was Nitro circuses. Uh, like Nitro helped it all happen, built the ramps. It's unbelievable. It was a year oh, okay, project. Okay. It that's took cool. a year. Um, Josh Sheehan, he's a motorbike guy on Nitro. Um, he did a triple backflip on a, on a motorbike oh and it was literally like he either land, like it took, uh, over a year to do when they were, um, set it all up, going through different ramps, testing to airbags. He didn't yeah. just go for it, you know, practicing the foam, right, like all right, this stuff. Right. And it was when he went to do it, if he crashed, like I literally, he was either going to land it or die, right. you know, and it, for someone to take on that risk, you know, it goes to show how like special, um, these guys are and it's just always progressing and someone's at the point to it is someone's always doing something new mm. so you that you don't feel ins- stuck in a that loop. inspires yeah, you yeah. to go do something new too it's yeah an incubator and then sometimes you learn a new trick so for example i learned the the double backflip 360 and then it's like cool then i can start putting tricks in so it's like double backflip 360 no hander wow and there's a couple of other things that i want to do in it but so it's that's just it's non-stop it's the ramps get bigger so that means you go like this new ramp that you'll see tonight it's yeah. unreal and it puts you an extra you know sometimes 15 feet up yeah. in the air then off this other ramp we have and we're already going super high our rollins uh 50, 50 foot tall and the jumps 40 foot gap with an eight foot ramp. But we put this other ramp in and it's 12 feet tall. And I said, you're going 15 feet higher. So that gives you more time to do an extra flip or an extra mm. spin. And then you can start adding more tricks into it. And then before you know it, someone's built another bigger ramp mm. 
and you're doing this again and it's just it's just nonstop. Cool catalyst. Can you talk about we talked about letting go, but like what about during the double backflip three sixty? It's like does time slow down for you like that state of flow right so like (laughs) like does everything just like disappear and like you're in the the zone with the double back with 360 this is funny and this makes me laugh myself i have no idea where i am we've talked about it but this is the (laughs) one trick where i'm like no idea where i am oh my god and i i i it's like say i have three seconds i will make it a bit say i have 10 if you were to break it down in 10 increments I don't know until the last, like, until the eighth part, if it's working or not. Oh, my God. Like, I, I'm spinning. What? Out of, yeah, it's, I'm, I know what I'm doing when I go off the lip, obviously, because it works. But the whole time I'm spinning around, I'm like, is this going right? Is this going right? I hope so. And then I hit this, po- I hit a point in the trick, like, the last quarter of the trick where I'm like, Ah, oh, it's working. Oh my and God, I pull it around and I, I land. But you're still in midair. It's like, what? what is yeah. that point? Like, I'll be honest. Like, the last weekend I did it, um, I same deal. I was like, as soon as I took off, I'm like, I think I pulled off wrong. I hope, is this working? Is this working? Is this working? And then the last second, I'm like, yes, it's working. Wow. And, but I, that's a bit of a funny thing. And I, that even makes me laugh in it. I don't know why. But as for every other trick... Like, you know, triple backflips, double backflips, um, you, time does slow down and mm. you do know where you are and crashing is a skill in itself. And when you're crashing, things slow down even more. Oh. And that's where I was saying before, the bigger the ramp, it's kind of the safer it is sometimes because you have more time to fall and figure out where you are and to get into a, the correct position so you can save yourself to some extent. Um, so thing things do slow down a lot yeah big time yeah, yeah. did you have something similar while all rowan maddie like did you're just like you everyone had a um a role mm-hmm. right so like yeah. within your role you know what you're responsible for like does time disappear yeah i think rowing is similar to what you do it's like a lot of geometry a lot of physics and you have to be able to pick out these little moments that make huge differences and learn how to correct that okay but even more so correcting learn how to recognize it from feel because you can't see yourself Mm. rowing you know and your coach isn't riding along next to you or rowing along next to you so it's very like self-awareness using cues context cues and just taking time to observe yeah. and learn and guide posts. Wow. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys are, are here. Cause I get sick on roller coasters. So like <laughs> any of that stuff like would make me, make me bad. And my buddies like maybe start on a, a ride called teacups at six flags and you're just like rotating over and over Did you again. Puke? Yeah. I, I puked right, right then and then. Yeah. Really, really okay. what you said with the rowing thing though, like picking those certain times to yeah. do things that make a big difference. Like that's life. Like Ooh. without, not in a sporty kind of sports way, but that's life is like picking the right times to do certain things that you know are going to make a big difference. And in life, that takes a little bit longer sometimes where people get impatient and stop doing those little things that make the difference. You're just going to be patient and keep doing those little things yeah. that make the big differences. Even if you don't know what those big differences yeah. are. And you're yet. just going to believe what... If you think like... Same deal with doing those little differences. You just, and if you know that's the right thing to do, you just be patient and keep doing those little things 
because that's what adds up and it takes time. It takes a long time. And confidence. Yeah. You know, like in a boat when you're rowing with eight other people Mm -hmm. and you're like, I feel like I just need to tweak this one thing. But if that's not the thing I need to tweak and it was the wrong thing, then I mess it up for everyone, you know. But so like you have to learn that self-confidence of like, no, I know, like, I've experienced this before, so, like, I'm just going to do it, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? But then also having the ability to be, like, if I mess it up, like, ha- like having the rapport with your teammates to be, like, like holding no grudges yeah. and self-forgiveness, yeah. that's the biggest oh. thing. It's the worst feeling to lose a that race for everyone. For sure. I could, yeah. couldn't imagine on that side of thing because, obviously, BMX is an individual sport, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it still has that, like, team vibe, though. With yeah. The, the yeah. camaraderie. Yeah, the camaraderie. Yeah. But yeah, so it's little, and it's like when you look at like you don't look in the mirror when you look in the mirror every day, like you're not like oh I look older than what I did yesterday or like even in two months you don't look in the mirror and be like oh I look older. It's like it's over like a couple a year span when you look in the mirror and you're like oh I look different. So like because things take time before you really notice a big difference. It's the little things and the little things over time. So that's it's like same deal into life. You do those little things, you're not going to see a result straight away. You just have to keep doing those little things over time, because then in three years, then you'll notice a difference. And then that's I feel like when that first main change that you notice happens over the couple of years, then you get confidence and you know, it builds momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the average age in this industry? Like, how long do you think you can keep this up? Um, I mean, I heard something the other day that UFC fighters peak when they're 30. <laughs> so, I mean, and I, I feel as fit and healthy as what I, you know, as ever. So, as long as you eat right and you do the right thing with your fitness and health. Um, I mean, there's guys like the guy I said before, Daniel Durs. Um, he, he's 32, yeah. 33 and he's still kicking ass and, right. you know, beating, you know, the, the best 22 year olds, 23 year olds. So, and he looks after himself, you know? So, um, I think over the last, you know, few years in sports, obviously fitness and health has come on a lot more heavily because people are realizing the effects that it does have mm-hmm. um but it's definitely a lot more conscious everyone is a lot more conscious now of fitness and health i think in action sports good, good. um especially yeah. obviously because we crush crush a lot yeah um like stretching all that kind of stuff you know you bend better if you stretch every day yeah yeah so yeah, if you yeah. crash you bend what's better. what's what's the daily routine todd how do you how do you stay top of mind when i'm fit? okay m- even on tour most of the time 90 percent of the time still on tour i wake up at 5 a.m I eat, I have my smoothie. I, I'm a raw, I do four to, between four to six raw eggs, spinach, oh my God. scoop oh. of protein in a blender oh. and neck that very oh. quick, very quick. Oh my God. Yeah. That's beast mode. Yeah. Um, and then I go to the gym. Um, I come home. I, as I said, I like to read. So I do my reading in the morning because once I get going, I can't read. Yeah. I just gotta get it in. Yeah. yeah, I gotta do it before I do anything else. Um, I obviously don't just ride a bike. I have other side projects I work on. Yeah. Um. So, um, I work on that kind of stuff till about noon, you know, one, and then I love naps. So I take <laughs> naps all the time, like an Good hour, an well, hour or two. Get up that yeah, early. I do yeah. like yeah. an hour and a half. Na- I'm a, I'm lucky. I 
don't have a nine to five job, so I yeah. can't. But I still wake up early so I can make the most of my day because I don't want to uh, waste the time that I have now because I'm very lucky to have this time spare. So I, as I said, I work on other stuff for the future because um, as as we were talking before, you obviously can't ride a bike professionally forever. So yeah. I work on stuff that's going to help me for the future. And then after my nap, I wake up and then I'll ride in the afternoons. Okay. Um, How? Oh, go ahead. No, but yeah, pre- pretty much I just gym, ride and, and early to bed. Yeah. Work on Yeah. I'm normally in bed by nine, yeah. 10 PM. How do you keep up that routine on tour with time zone changes? Yeah. Discipline. All of that. Doing Discipline. it for so long. Yeah. Doing it for so long. Um, so jail like doesn't get to you? Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it never really has, to be honest. And same deal. I like, I'm ve- very um, picky about what I like. I, I'm a pain in the ass, pretty much, if you want to go and eat out with me because I'm, I'm very picky with what I eat. And I feel like that has truly had a huge impact on how I feel when I wake up in the morning and how much energy I have. And I notice a difference if I have a bad meal because I wake up and I feel like crap and I don't want to get up and I, you know, mm, it's totally. harder to go. And I know the effects of that. And I'm lucky enough. I've just done it for so long now that I just continue to do it. And the same thing as reading now and learning about these things. Yeah. I know now that when I'm like, oh, I won't worry about it. I'm like, no, go because it's momentum. Mm. And by waking up at five and going to the gym and eating a healthy breakfast, it's like within the first hour and a half, it's like, cool. Like you feel satisfied and you've done something for yourself. Mm -hmm. And the same deal. Then you just build momentum from that and you keep, keep going. Discipline. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, back with Tua, I just, um, yeah, I've just done it for so long. Right. What about keeping in touch with family and friends and like keeping relationships alive? I'm sure it's so hard being away. Oh, yeah. I've ne- I've I've had uh, one serious girlfriend, Mariah. She's all- we're still really like really good friends. Um, we dated for like three years, but it's so hard just traveling. So and that's why that ended to it is because I wanted to go to this place and same deal. Young, you only got opportunities, and sometimes you. You have to be selfish, mm-hmm. like if it's for the your right reasons. Um, so relationships are hard. You know, I, I've just, uh, I'm on the road a lot I, and I have been since I was 16. I I have a few close friends. I have maybe like four friends that I talk to, mm-hmm. you know, every, every now and then again. But you talk a lot within the first week or two when you're gone, mm-hmm. but then after that it drops off, you know. Yeah. Um, I talk to my dad every day, no matter what, I'll call him every day. He's uh, like my best friend, but it's very hard keeping up the relationships. And that has the one good thing that's taught me though, it's it's taught me how to detach from things Mm -hmm. and um, learn not to worry about certain things that you can't control. And we were talking about at dinner, be like, be in the moment, you know, like when I miss home, I'm like, well, what, like it's only home. I don't want to be at home right now because I've got this opportunity now while I'm young and fit and healthy, you know, to be running around and traveling the world. So I'm happy living in hotel rooms and being in a hotel room a lot. You know, like I love it when I'm older and I, my body doesn't function as well because I know I'm going to be sore when I'm older. Mm. That's when I'll enjoy being home and, you know, being in a house. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'm happy being on the road and just being in the moment. Yeah. Has uh has traveling expanded? I mean, I'm sure it it has, but like your your worldview. Uh yeah, hundred percent. You know, meeting so many different people, traveling at a young age, and you know, having to fend for yourself. Yeah. And you know, catch a plane to America when you're 15 years old is pretty big thing. So. I had to learn quick and then same deal when I'm 15, 16 and I'm hanging around these professional guys I'm watching on TV that are, you know, 25, 26, I was lucky enough. I got to learn from these guys, you know, Mm -hmm. like I got to learn from other people's mistakes and they helped me and told me what to do and what not to do. I had very good um, people around me that told me don't spend your money on stupid things oh, and great. Okay. And, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And, um, but it's funny. I thought of something the other day for the first time since it happened, probably since I was six and it goes back to saving the money. I went, my dad, I was, um, my dad said, I wanted this like Tamagotchi, you know, remember the Tamagotchi? <laughs> yes. Like, I, I wanted, lie. I wanted this one, this certain one, one time <clears throat> it just come out and it was, it was probably only like, uh, 20 bucks or something. And I had 20, $20 <laughs> And I was like, Dad, I want to get this one. And I, I remember getting so angry because he go, he wouldn't let me buy it. He made me wait two weeks. He goes, if you want it in two weeks, then you can buy it. And in two weeks, I didn't want the thing. I was like, ah, I'm over it because yeah. everyone had it. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, you know. And that's same thing. If I ever want something, like a certain car or something, I'm like, I'll see if I want it in two weeks. And then something, I'll go on a trip. Yeah, it'll be the best trip ever, and I'll get home and be like, oh, I don't want that anymore. Yeah, that's great. I love that. My mom used to give us candy bars and she'd make us hold on to them all day before we could eat them so like no we'd way. have to like have them in our hands until we could eat them <laughs> and then go, like my with that <laughs> i think well like i i think it worked like i have very good impulse control uh-huh. but like it's so funny because then half the time at the end like my brother would be like i don't really want it anymore like he yep. like you know what i mean yeah, he's like it's yeah. like lost it's like excitement appeal. and appeal yeah yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I That's like amazing. that. With um, your influence and platform now, um, what do you hope to accomplish with it? Um, just helping out the the next generation coming through with action sports. You know, just being able to not only help them with riding, but teaching them this stuff that we've just been talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. not buying dumb things and know giving them a different way to look at life and self-awareness and um i just it's cool to be able to help younger kids with that stuff right and um as i said there's some things that i can't explain so it's cool you can just uh send send a video or something to a kid and be like listen to this you know and that's what's awesome about youtube and social media is yeah you know if you want to know something google it you know how not to stress out google there's a million videos and it's cool to understand and look at other people's perspectives yeah and see how they deal with it you know and see how other people think about things i mean yeah you would think with, with social media and how connected we can be you would you would think that people would have easier access to a world perspective a world view but then some people pick and choose who they want to follow and they might just easily unfollow people that they don't see eye to eye with. Yeah. Right. So then the whoever they, whoever, yeah, their, their feed is just their own tiny, narrow perspective. Yep. And that's sad. Very. <laughs> but it's, it's hard though. You know, yeah. even um, for me, sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, I should, when I'm at the gym on the, 
when I'm doing cardio, I'll always um, watch a YouTube video or mm. listen to a podcast. And there's some mornings I'm like, oh, I just want to listen to mu- music. And I'll be like, I'm going to listen to music. And then same deal. Now I've done a certain amount of time with the discipline coming in. There's times when I think that and then I'll watch the video, the YouTube video or listen to the podcast. I'm like, I'm so glad I listened to that instead. Yeah. <laughs> like you just got to make yourself do it. And then when you're doing it, you normally enjoy it, you know? Cause, yeah. Um, there's a lot of times that you, I don't, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't even really want to ride today. And then your friend will call and be like, come on, man, come on. And it's like, I love riding my bike. Like that's yeah. my life. But you know, there's times that you don't want to do things and then I'll go out and ride and I'll ride for f- like five, six hours <laughs> No mm-hmm. man, that was the best thing ever, and that's what I. When it comes to doing something that I don't want to do, I remind myself of how that works. Not and not just with writing. For friends like, hey man, I'm going to this. You should come check it out. Um, you might like it. If you're like, eh, nah, I don't know. I think well, just like writing. It's those days where I don't want to go ride, it turns out to be awesome. So I'm going to go check this thing out. Yeah. The hardest part is starting. Yeah. Isn't that mm-hmm. what they say? Yeah. Yeah. And then building momentum yeah. from there. That's how you learn new things. Yeah. You get different perspective and yeah. learn other people's environments and it's got to make yourself uncomfortable. Yeah. Like we all know that everyone talks about it, but it's, you know, it's hard for everybody. Like even the, the best of the best, like it's hard. It's, it's those little things that make the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. You have your own YouTube channel, right? Uh, sl- I've been slacking on slacking? it. It's My okay. goal is to get it's back on it when I get same deal when I get home. Right, like, why right, not right, now? Right, right. I'm gonna do one do today. Some, do some vlogging. You, you, I'm gonna do you one vlog today re- regularly. So um, wait, I'm gonna say it. So I have to. Ho- I'll, I'm going to do one today. And it's a last uh, off tour. You did a meetup with with like at a, at your park. Uh, with Nitro? Yeah. No, no, no. Well, you had what? TP. You had tra- Travis. Yeah. There, but yes. That meetup and like I'm sure you get a lot out of that about giving back to. Up like next generation of the of next riders. generation, yeah, um, yeah, and same deal. With the little kids, the younger kids, they have that mentality. Like, yeah, j- just send it, just go, <laughs> just go for it. So, that's I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. Why not be a re- like? That's they have that mindset and they got that energy about them. Yeah, yeah. So it's like be around those kind of people with high energy and that attitude just to go for it. So, right, right, the younger right. kids are the best. Right, I've got um two um little dudes i ride with at home taj and tyler and they are unreal they're they're 12 and they're 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 almost like my best friend i hang out with them more than anybody (laughs) than lately at home is these two kids and my dad and they're awesome and they're at that stage now to where like i i'm riding way more than i usually am because when i go back to perth i don't have that many people to ride with Mm -hmm. But now there's these kids that don't have a nine to five. They just have school and they have all this energy to yeah. ride. So I'm riding act right now more than I ever have back home. Yeah. Ever. Are you teaching them or are you riding just, uh, just... it? What Like as we go. They're probably you know, learning through watching in yeah. a way, right? Yeah, for sure. And, um, but as I said, now they don't understand that I want to ride with them because <laughs> they're helping me to ride more, which is making myself that. better, you know? like, And it's crazy because I'm learning a lot of things by by them in terms of like a me- mental way and like how to, th- how they're just thinking and kid again. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I love it. And, um, it's just, I just like, like helping, helping the younger generations. Right. Right. Cool. We need I more of those. got a lot of, had a lot of good people that helped me. Mm. So I want to, you know, re- repay, repay it back. Yeah. 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 Um, can you tell us a little bit about your, the side hustle, the side project? 
Uh, yeah, so same deal. This goes back to helping the yeah. next generation. Yeah. So what I was saying before with Nitro, how the sport's progressing really quick, we had these new landings. And so this 16-foot tall landing you're going to see today, believe it or not, it blows up. So it's not scaffold like it's not wood right um so when you crash on this thing like you don't know it's blow up but when you when you crash on this it takes so much impact away that as i said that's why we're falling out of the sky now and getting straight up because we're not coming down to wood or you know Mm -hmm. or metal it's it's the airbags so um nitro circus i believe were the first ones to bring it about um, and they're obviously on a larger scale. So what I've done is I've made them on a smaller scale. So I, um, have an airbag company and I sell these airbags to younger kids so that like they can afford them. Cause obviously they're these ones we have on Notre, they're very expensive because okay. you know, they're big and you know, it's top athletes. Um, and even the smaller ones. And I was like, we, I want to make these available to younger kids so kids can learn backflips and crash and get up and not have the injuries that I did. Mm-hmm. I ha- I had. So, um, yeah, I'm making, sell these airbags, airbag landings and flat airbags so kids can learn backflips and land on their heads and get up and be okay. Wow. That's awesome. So, um, what's it called? Uh, DD airbags. I was going to say got... double D airbags. No, di- so, uh, so, no. So, so the reason that name came up, came on is my dad always just calls me double D cause T O double D and, um, we, we do this together and, um, it's all, I, I love it. And one day he said, Oh, what are you going to call it? You know, double, double D. And I was like, that's perfect. Why not? I'm like, Let's do it. Like, you know, I just like the name of it. So okay. I rolled with it and, um, yeah, it's pretty cool because I'm t- like, you go from this flat airbag, kids can learn backflips, land on their heads, you know, be fine, perfect it. And then go from this to the landing. And I, I have people messaging me and sending me videos of themselves. And they're like, Hey man, thanks so much. I just learned backflips. It's so cool. And I'm like, yes. Like that. Cause that's, that's a good I, feeling. I think that's the scariest trick ever in action sports is going upside down. Me personally, yeah, that's yeah. scarier than doing a triple backflip now as an adult, because okay. you know, you've done a double and you know how to crash and you're a professional athlete. If right, you do, right, you know, right. so nothing's ever as scary. I think is that first backflip. So, kids are messaging me and I'm helping, you know, I set these bags up so kids can go from one to the other. And I'm like, it's pretty cool. So that's, that's, uh, that's my way of giving back to the sport. And it's pretty cool because it's making, making it these things available to people to put in their backyards. Right, and right. it used to be foam pits. Like, yeah. Foam, right. But now it's airbags. At Daniel's place, they got foam pits. Yeah. There, and know? I mean, they're still a bit, but they're being replaced now. Like the new things in and the new thing is airbags. So you can, bring it anywhere yeah right? it's, so and it's it's awesome it fits in the back of your car too <laughs> it really does these, these ones awesome. that because they're for little kids so they're not huge yeah so um, but uh, yeah so that's that's uh that's what i spend a lot of my time on too for sure and then riding my bike so it's pretty cool to be um doing uh being involved in something other than riding but still in the same industry, industry. i guess yeah. but then at the same time it's pretty nerve-wracking to put a product out there in the industry to where people know you. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, I'm putting something out there, you know, for action sports. I hope it, you know, so... But if you believe in the product... I, and same deal, that's where I, I truly... It's... You got to get rid of those thoughts too because, you know, 
it's you just got to ignore those thoughts and I put it out there and it, it I it's great and I've had great feedback and as I said it I get to help the next generation of keep uh, pushing the actual sports and I'm saving a lot of broken bones so yeah that's that in itself is good because yeah. that sucks yeah um if you don't mind sharing how do you plan if you do have these plans to make um DD airbags a global brand uh I mean and like it it at this point it it is I guess it would oh, be okay. you know okay. um you know I'm like Europe like uh col- places like Colombia and India and That's uh, awesome. the US and Canada and Australia so it is so it's um is it all online or like what's yeah the... just uh it's my website ddairbags.com oh. Instagram just ddairbags just and uh, wow yes and yeah I guess it's just getting it's following through through social media and and um. Yeah. You never thought about like sending it to different other like athletes and like, hey, try it out. Kind oh, of, like, that's what, the that's name what I, yeah. You I, are doing that. I, oh, okay, I, do, okay. I do do that. Gotcha. And this is where it comes back to just if you don't feel like doing something, do it because you never know what could come of it. And so this whole thing started because same deal. I was at home and I had a few months off and I'm like, I got to do something. Two is not going on. What should I do? I'm like, well, I love helping people. So I was like, I'm. My dad had all these like SpongeBob balloons and stuff. So I was like, I call my dad. I'm like, let's go to the children's hospital and blow up these balloons. What? So from from meeting this lady, she was like, oh, can you come back and do a do a um a show uh ride with your bike? I'm like, well, I don't have any ramps. And then um, so I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll get a setup. And then I was like. Oh no! I won't get a buyer set up. I'll just. What about if I get an airbag? So I tried to get one, and it was, it was, it was just too much. It was, right. it, it was too much. So I was like, there has to be a way. So that's. I was like, wow. I went out and did my own research, and that's why I was like, okay, I can do this. So then, I got a couple made, and then I was like, hey, I'm like, <laughs> cool. Like I can help. Like I can do this for other people as well. And they can actually afford these things. Oh, my God. And that's how it started. So, as I said, by getting off my butt and doing something that was hard to get off my butt to do, it turned out to, you know, um, turn out to be this pretty cool thing. That's amazing. Changing the game, Dad. I'd like to think so. So, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Now, let's think, like, long term. Yep. do you have any visions for for long term plans? Like, do you want your own skate park, or like, what what's up? What's, um, what's going on? Lo- say, uh, I at this point, I'm I'm at the point where, as I said, uh, I with, when I'm not riding, I try new things. I don't like to waste my time, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm just trying everything. I I do a bit of everything. I yeah, maybe maybe fr- go back and become a zoologist. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I'd, honestly, I I'd never even thought about that because <laughs> I I don't know. I just uh, yeah. I, I just try new things all the time, read about a lot of things, see what catches my interest. Yeah. If it does a little bit, then I'll do that for a little. And I, yeah, I'm just trying other things. And um, as I said, I'm lucky that I have Nitro Circus and the spare time um, when I'm not doing that to be able to do those other things because there's no rush. You know, mm. I, I'm not, I'm still getting to do what I love and that's my, I guess, so-called job. And um, yeah, I, I'm using my other time to uh, to see what else I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any questions, uh, Maddie? I'm kind of Put, putting her on the spot. I, I, I heard you're a, you're a dog trainer. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I do dogs on the side. That's like my side hustle. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing it though, Maddie? Like you, since you were a kid? My, yeah. Like my entire life. Yeah. Like my earliest memory. I didn't talk until I was four, but I have memories before that of just like wanting dogs. No one in my family had a dog. So I'd walk around my neighborhood and just knock on people's doors and ask if I could hang out with their dog. And cool. they would, like, leash it up, let me go. I'd bring it back three hours later, and they'd be like, my dog, like, knows how to, like, sit and do all this stuff now. And I'd be like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I sweet. was just, like, this little dude walking around, walking huge dogs in my neighborhood. Cool. I yeah. like it. Uh, my, that's what my mom used to do. Like, f- like that was her thing. Like, yeah. So, but maybe this is where more discipline came in. She, before she took us to school at 7 a.m., she was in the front yard at like 5.30 a.m. training the dogs. So that's wow. what, yeah, that's so, what I yeah, do yeah, before cool. I go to work. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so yeah, you have this, obviously, the same same discipline and mindset as well. Yeah, that's why I love having a dog. It's like when rowing dropped out, that's like when I stepped back into doing dog stuff. So I had a routine again, cool. you know. Hmm. But yeah, I love that. Like I haven't had a tv for the last five years that's awesome because i didn't want to give myself the opportunity that's to awesome. just sit around awesome. but i just bought a tv this week for my dog which i don't want to get what do you mean for what your dog what <laughs> <laughs> okay so when i try please, yeah please please explain <laughs> he's watching youtube I videos i <laughs> hate myself for saying that out loud but i travel a lot for work and my parents are awesome they take my dog for me 90 percent of the time and whenever i pick him up they're like he watches tv like, he loves to watch. They're like, he sits and he watches TV. Like, he, like, and so my mom would send me videos and, like, he legit watches TV. And she's, well, she's no like, yeah, so I was like, I guess I should just get my dog a TV. So I bought him a TV uh, for plasma? a second. Yeah, right right. Uh, plasma? Yeah. What are we thinking, 4K? Yeah, yeah. it's a 4K. <laughs> my buddy who really likes TV helped me pick it out. And he's like, he's like, so, like, the TV's like, you don't really want to watch the TV. But he's like. I still want to get the dog a nice TV, so he like helped me pick a What's good he watch? balance. Yeah, <laughs> you put on like no, he clothes? like watches the news and stuff. No way, no way. He's like, my dog is an old soul. Like I think he was like a World War II veteran or something in his okay. past life because like his eyes look at me like I've seen some shit. <laughs> you know, that's funny you say because I've seen you show me a picture of your dog before, and now I, I can see that he does have that look in his eyes. Yeah, like when you talk to him like a baby, he looks at you like. I'm not a goddamn baby. <laughs> like I am a man, you know. Like talk to me with respect. Yeah, he's oh, a he's an interesting dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So I now I have a TV. I hope I don't get sucked into it. Right. But that's why your mom's always calling to try and take care of him. Yeah, she loves the dog too. Hmm. He's a good. He's a good soul. But well, I, as much as I want to like get into training dogs and stuff we'll probably save that <laughs> for another not, yeah. episode that's just like a lot of everyone. deep hole that we gotta get into no it's like she's great like great with like training dogs and stuff so like that's a future episode for sure um but todd i mean did you want to like leave the guests with any any advice Ooh. or any uh, we, t- we went pretty deep today um, Yeah, i feel like i i've said every- just yeah. try and be as self-aware as possible yeah learn new things um yeah. Be be nice to other people. That's simple, but a lot of people don't do it. It's just be nice to people yeah. all the time. Right. And when you're thinking something negative, just try and change the mind to think something positive. Because as I said, over time, it's like a muscle. It builds, and it just becomes um, 
a new pattern, new thought pattern. Yeah, make yourself feel uncomfortable and try new things. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Never stop learning. Never sit still and just... I feel like that's when I get down is when nothing happens and I'm not learning anything new. Like every year, like my thing is every year, like I'd, I'd be upset if I wasn't a better version of myself the year before. Mm. And I always think about like, uh, this one thing. And it's like, if something comes up, I'm like, would I regret not doing this or doing this? If when I'm on my deathbed. So if something comes and I'm like, I should do this or, I shouldn't or should I go to this and learn that? I'm like, will I regret it when I'm on my, on my deathbed and I'm about to die? Like, and that's, so that makes me move a lot is because, I mean, no one wants to live with any regrets. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's one thing that gets me moving. I love that. I love that. Same thing could be said about, like, negative thoughts too. It's like, are these negative thoughts going to affect me 15 minutes, five years from now? And if not, like, let it go. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to do, but same deal. You just gotta do keep you, doing it. Do you have any like people in mind that you look up to for that stuff? Um, because we met on like D Rock's page, but like, yeah, it's a big uh, shout out to D Rock. But I feel really bad. For th- there's this one main guy I listen to, old, um, Tom Ballou. Yeah, Ballou. yeah, yeah, he's cool, and I just love his impact. Theory. Uh, yeah, impact theory. Yeah, because it's same deal. He brings on these people, and you get to learn about these other successful people and what they do and how they think. And then you can adopt these into into the way you yeah. work your life. Um, Tom, if you're you know listening, yeah. like have, have <laughs> this, have, I have our boy Todd here on the on the show. Yeah. Um, but that's all. That's all I have, Todd. So thank you guys. Like Thanks for, for having spend me. the time, Maddie, as well. Like your your humility and, and gratitude, like shows, and it goes a long way. And I hope the guests like take something from that. Um, I'm glad like we both, everyone like went like super deep into like not just BMX like life and values and, and things like that and Maddie and I can't watch or can't wait to watch you like send it yeah, tonight send and it. things like that yeah but, thanks so much for having me yeah um, uh, we came in contact now, now we're friends yeah and now we can hang out <laughs> wow. tonight yeah I'm, I'm, super, yeah. I'm super excited I'm, for you guys to, to come and hang out tonight um, so yeah I'm super excited to see just how you guys react to the whole thing oh my I'm god stoked. I'm gonna soak it all in it's gonna awesome. be awesome let's do it okay well Enjoy, guys. Um, Don't forget to stay curious. Aloha. See you in the next episode.